On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, is incognito mode or a VPN truly helpful with online privacy? What about do not track tags or specialty browsers? And is YouTube's big fine really more than a slap on the wrist? First question is coming in from our old friend Timothy. He's asking, is it Google or Alphabet who's paying that big YouTube fine? It's um, So in the press releases from the FTC and YouTube statements, it's going to be Google paying that fine, um, which, you know, you raise a good point. Google is owned by Alphabet, like they're the parent company. So all that money is going to come from the same pot either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in all the statements, it's specifically been tar- uh, pointing out Google and YouTube paying for this. Next one's coming in, uh, says, I'm just curious, where exactly does that $170 million fine go to? Now, you brushed on this quickly, but let's reiterate. Uh, who and where is it going to benefit? Obviously, like a third of it's going just to lawyers. Is that true? Uh, I really want to see someone do a follow the money trail graph. Yeah, I don't know how it breaks down after it goes to the FTC and uh, the New York Attorney General's office. Um, so when it says it goes to New York, that's what they mean. It's going to the Attorney General's office because they were part of this lawsuit and settlement. Um, but how it splits up from there, I can't tell you. I don't know if it goes to all the commissioners that are that voted <laughs> on it or something. If they voted against it, maybe they don't get the money. That's not true. Don't tell people that. But... Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting how it breaks down. I'd be interested to interested to see if the FTC uses that for more resources. Mm-hmm. They talk about how they have like thirty people to work on tech privacy issues, or like thirty or so. It's not that much compared to like ratio wise. It's like I don't know, less than a hundred people for like the entire population of the U.S. Where yeah. um, like Ireland has like. 300 400 people for like their entire population on privacy concerns wow so yeah they they could use a little help maybe (laughs) do you think facebook live could be an alternative to youtube let's uh go ahead and revisit some history here we actually started this show on facebook live and it went uh nowhere so no yeah also a lot of like facebook also paid a lot of media companies to work on Facebook Live. Um, I remember BuzzFeed had a show there. I remember the New York Times had a show on on Facebook Live. Uh, There's some like quiz show going on there now, like some ripoff of HQ or something. Um, But it's not, like it hasn't really seemed to be working out for them. And then a lot of media companies that base their entire strategy around Facebook video are unfortunately under now because Facebook kind of just left them high and dry. So YouTube is the search engine we're all using, you know, for whatever. So nothing can touch that. Yeah. YouTube is the second most used search engine like online Mm -hmm. after Google. So, I mean, I know Facebook has been trying for a long time to knock off um, YouTube as far as like streaming goes uh, and video content. And they've been trying to do with Instagram also with IGTV. Um, So far, no one's really been able to knock off YouTube. I think the closest might be Twitch. Um, but mm-hmm. like they're trying, they're having a hard time moving out of like the, the gaming, like live streaming niche. Yeah. Not for lack of trying though. Uh, let's take another question about the, uh, ad tokens. Can the ad identifier work on Facebook as well? I think that's the proposal, right? Like it would be everywhere. Like I, I can't, I, I, I didn't look at how they want to implement it Mm -hmm. but I would imagine it'd be something that is like a universal profile that touches every service and site yeah so right now if you like the average website like if you go on you know you'll have the Facebook tracker you'll have Twitter's tracker 
you'll have that own websites like their own tracker you'll have advertising like five or six however many ads are on the site you'll have those it trackers. gets mucked up yeah like, like with how much is like tracking in different directions so i think the idea is like instead of like facebook and all these other companies having their trackers it's one tracker that facebook would be a part of they are a part of the iab like they they represent them as well um as google and twitter so but but you know you have facebook and google making like all that money on their own proprietary mm-hmm. like tracking yeah. tools and so you know they're not going to play nice with yeah this. that's the thing it's currently a proposal how far it'll go i don't know but it's it's interesting that this proposal is coming from the ad industry itself which i don't know how much you should trust that <laughs> <laughs> well they're probably looking for a solution that also bridges different mediums yeah because you have the television tracking and the smart speakers mm-hmm. that are like pretty difficult to track as, as well mm-hmm. um so yeah I, to answer the question though like it's still a proposal but i imagine facebook would be folded into that token why can't we have the quote-unquote p.o box address version for the online web access private privacy not really sure what he's referring to Oh, like the the idea that like I don't have to tell you anything about myself. I just have a PO box, you know. That, that I don't have to give you my address. That's you know? interesting. Um, I, I think you also have to think about how will companies like Apple respond when their money making, you know, angled net now is like, oh, we'll make sure you're private, mm-hmm. you know. So would Apple be like uh, pro this because you because you could, you could have a profile or against it because you shouldn't have any tracking whatsoever? Like these are this is a lot of. You know. I mean, I would argue we already do have a system like a P.O. box, though, where, you know, when when they sent these trackers out, they don't say like, oh, this is Alfred, like who has been searching for like 10 hours of, you know, Smash Mouth albums or something. <laughs> They'll say like, oh, like this is, you know, this computer that has been searching for 10 hours of Smash Mouth albums. Um, and the idea being that, you know. I can be tracked back to that. Like they, so it doesn't say my name. It doesn't say my address. And a lot of advertisers will always use that as, as an excuse. Like, you know, it doesn't have any personal information, but it's like, okay, well, if it's on this computer all the time that's with me all the time and has my email logged into it all the time. And that email has your account with your pharmacy logged yeah. in. And that, you know, and then that company or whatever company XYZ it is knows you yeah. be, by that email. It all connects. So, yeah, it is a P.O. box system kind of, but imagine if that P.O. box has me coming to it every day and like picking something out of it every single day. Even if it doesn't have my name on it, or any personal information like outside of the box, like they know it's me that like goes there and it's it wouldn't take much work to basically reverse engineer it and find out, oh, it's Alfred that wants 10 hours of Smash Mouth. <laughs> or Smash Brothers. Uh, what? <laughs> didn't we have a do not track tag introduced in Internet Explorer years ago that no one respected? Yep. Is that kind of like the do not call list that no one pays any attention to yep. that's total BS? Yeah, so do not track doesn't work. Uh, it's supposed to be a browser standard, so, and there's no penalties for it. I think So they introduced it within browsers itself, um, so it was never a law. Um, and if your browser didn't adhere to it, like it didn't it just didn't respect like do not track and then you know advertisers also did not adhere to it because they weren't getting punished for it so do not track just straight up didn't work um there are lawmakers that are proposing that as like in privacy legislation like being part of a law um we'll see where that goes but as it stands currently like do not track straight up doesn't work if anything it makes it worse for you because like 
it it basically gives advertisers a log of people who sign up for do not track. It's like, oh, thanks for putting it all in one place. Here's a good one. Yan is asking about Brave Browser. I don't know anything about that. Do you guys have any background on Brave yeah. Browser? Uh, yeah, Brave Browser um, was created by a, I believe, co-founder of Mozilla. Um, it It's basically pushing itself as the browser that supports privacy. Um, so it, it's been like blocking third-party trackers, all that kind of stuff. The problem with that is that, you know, the rest of the internet might not work that well on it, but that's not a problem with Brave Browser so much as it is a problem with advertisers and people that don't want to play nice with Brave Browser. Mm-hmm. So a few months ago, there was this case with um, YouTube, where if you use YouTube on Chrome, it's pretty fast. Like it auto plays, like when you open it up in a new tab or it like just starts loading automatically. Um, if you're using Firefox, you don't have that same privilege. Um, and... <laughs> I wonder why, but yeah, so that that's kind of been the issue currently with like switching browsers, especially ones that like respect your privacy a lot more is um, a lot of the internet right now, because Chrome for a while had like such dominance of, of the internet was that it um, like it was written to like be geared optimized for Chrome. And now right. with these other browsers, they're just sitting there, right? Yeah. Privacy, privacy, and more privacy. These are really great questions rolling in, everybody. Thank you for participating. Uh, how much does incognito mode protect you? Not at all. I don't know why. <laughs> if, if there's anything you take away from this episode, I want you to know that incognito mode does not protect you at all. It protects your local browser history so that somebody else that gets on your computer can't ask hey, what is this weird stuff that you've been looking up? So if you share a computer at home, and let's do the good example, I'm buying a present for you know, yes, my, the my, example my roommate. Google uses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, then they won't be able to see that, or like those shoes I'm looking for won't go yeah. on you know, and be advertised to me later. But if I am in Hong Kong, for example, and I go on incognito mode and I search how to... Um, go to a protest um, there's probably going to be some knocks at my door um, <laughs> in a few like minutes so do not use incognito mode to protect yourselves from anything uh, like unless you're only worried about people that are also using your devices then in that case you're fine on incognito mode if you don't want it in your history but yeah tracking cookies will still like track you on that and so so even if you're on incognito mode if I want to see an experience of Google that has an advertisement that's maybe more neutral, like that's 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 a little bit different. Okay. So like that's like target advertising kind of stuff. So yeah, if I keep searching for something on Google on my own account and then like it'll pop up first. Like CNET will usually pop up first when I look up like tech articles. Right. But if I want to make sure that like my article is actually the first one there, I'll go on incognito mode and it'll give me a more accurate result. I'm talking about like trackers within your ISP. So your internet service provider, like they're not like, they know what traffic you're on even when you're on incognito mode. That doesn't change anything. Right. Just a few minutes left. Uh, What about VPN? Would that service offer some privacy in this situation? Uh, And at that note, when we also are talking about VPNs, let's highlight some of the better and maybe a couple of the worst ones. I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, There's so many out there. I I actually did a a roundup once of of just explaining VPN, and I saw that it's just hard to recommend a certain good one versus bad one, but... Can we um, just? Uh, are there a couple of red flags out there, though? There's a couple that yeah. have a bit of a bad reputation. Okay, so if you are using a VPN that is free, 
you should understand this, that data is going to that VPN company. Um, like if you're going to use a VPN, you should at least pay for one or at least try to develop your own, which I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, that might not be the best advice. Yeah, if something's free, your data is, is what's costing. Yeah. So like just to kind of like break it down, uh, which by the way, check out Bridget Breaks It Down, great show on the CNET YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> Like when you're using a VPN, so as opposed to using like your ISP, your your own internet service provider, you're kind of like going through a tunnel that like leads to your VPN service provider. So if I, again, to bring up the China example, if I'm in Hong Kong and I don't want my government knowing that I'm looking up protests, I can use a VPN that makes my IP address look like it's from the US or Canada or something instead. Mm-hmm. And I would actually be able to search up results that way. Um, the problem with free VPNs is that like all that data is going to that company that you signed up with. So and you and, trust them. Yeah. If you trust it, sure, whatever. But um, I don't think there's a lot of reasons to when it's a free service. But that being said, you know, a VPN that you pay for could also be doing that. So there's a lot of like issues with VPN that I won't like get into currently. And lastly, let's go back over to YouTube and how this is going to impact creators and influencers on the platform. Uh, Is it Facebook or excuse me, does Facebook, Instagram or Twitter pay creators or do they have any plans to pay creators like YouTube does? Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Essentially, they're asking with the other major rising video platforms as YouTube crumbles around its own scenes. Mm-hmm. But is, are the, they, is there enough incentive for creators to, to flip? No, is the question, though, about like, so are you saying does Facebook pay people to create content, though, or does it pay based off of like a view system like what YouTube does? You know, like, it's, it's not specifying that in the question. Imagine, Soggy, if you want to go ahead and clarify that for us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to see where you're coming from on this one. In the meantime, what kind of plans are available? How does it work? I know a lot of people on those platforms heavily rely on things like Patreon to keep their content flowing, but are there any kind of tiered creator plans or incentives on those platforms? Well, I know with, I mean, obviously there's the influencers who like try to, you know, have, have, you know, sponsorships based on how many followers they have. But, um, uh, I do not think that, well, I know, I mean, on Twitter, like you can't make money off Twitter. Well, they're sponsored like posts, like you can, as a, as a former social media manager for another company, um, we got paid like around five figures for like three tweets in a month which is insane, but also that account had like a lot of followers on it. Um, so you're being paid that way. But in that scenario, Twitter itself is not paying like content creators, mm-hmm. right? Like there's advertisers doing that. I can't say how much Instagram influencers make because I don't, I've never done that. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing with like Facebook. So Facebook, um, like there are like sponsored posts there. I don't know how much they make, but I also know that it, like I said, like Facebook had been paying media companies to like, make content on live as if they were their own like TV channel or something like yeah, that. To, to, to kind of rev up the, the yeah. amount of watchable content. Yeah. Cause they're also trying to like rev up like what Facebook watch or watch party now mm-hmm. or something like that, where like you can live stream with your friends at the same time, which is basically Twitch or this. So, but certainly no one would leave the community of, no. of YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it might be, I could see an exodus to Instagram over that, um, with like children's content creators, 
uh, especially with like IGTV now where they can upload way more and they already have like an influencer like network on Instagram for like these children's uh, TV shows. The, not how TV many shows, parents YouTube, are going to be giving their, yeah, they're, they're like, hey, hey, honey, just play on my Instagram. Yeah, account. that's like, that's yeah. going to be the problem. Yeah. Would you let your kids go on Instagram? No, no. Wait, Alfred, you're a social media manager? Uh, yeah, we can talk about that later. Do <laughs> you want to take over the Twitter account for the Daily Charge? Because I hate Twitter. I mean, who do you think was tweeting for the 359 all this time? I know. Uh, that's why I want to pass it back. Because yeah, I'm good. Because they bestowed it upon me. And all I want to do on Twitter is talk about the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, not legitimate news topics. Uh, we did get some clarification before we wrap up from Imagine Soggy. Uh, they say uh, just that creators I know are paid for views on YouTube, but it seems like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter don't uh, do that. Yeah, right they don't now. do that. They don't pay per views. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Glad that we cleared that up. Uh, we do have a request on the table, and I think we should take this to heart. Uh, in the future, if we're ever looking to do a deep dive, uh, there's a request for us to really delve into VPNs. Uh, some people don't have one. And hang on, I lost. I lost. It my is a confusing here. topic. Yeah, and and I I hear you on that because there's so much out there, and you search for it, and you can't even trust. Like, is this really the best, mm-hmm. or just this an advertised yeah. one? The big the big argument I would make about VPNs is um, it depends on your on your threat model. Where if you think that you know the government is after you, you think somebody's spying on you via your Wi-Fi network or however you get online. You should get a VPN. I, I think it, it would keep you safe and you should pay for it. And it's a good investment to have um, to protect yourself. I know that when I was at um, Black Hat and DEF CON, I was using CBS's VPN the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're like an average person who just like goes about your daily life and, you know, don't have enemies that you know of or people going <laughs> after you, it doesn't really make that much sense. Like VPNs in the past were really useful because there were so many websites online that were insecure. So like if I was at a Starbucks and I was on the local Wi-Fi there, if someone else was on the same Wi-Fi and I went on like a website that wasn't HTTPS, uh, they could see what I was like looking at. They could see all my web traffic for like to that website. Like even if I typed in a password, they could see that content. Um, VPN would protect you there, obviously, but like a good chunk of the like everything that's online is like https now i remember one year at black hat and defcon i had a, a a spare phone that was like i'm gonna try to get like stuff on this phone hacked and i couldn't find a website that was not http like s so mm-hmm. it's just it's just like one of those things where i was like oh it's like pretty hard to to basically get hacked without a vpn currently but that being said you still can be but it it take like a takes like a certain level of dedication to do that, which was my point. Where like if you have an enemy, yeah, you should have a VPN. Um, if you don't have any enemies that you know of, I don't know if it's like worth it for you. Been a really great conversation today. I do think we should put that in our back pocket. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be obligated to cover a bunch of Apple stuff for the sake of the industry and their unveilings. And yes, clicks. Uh, but maybe after the dust settles, we should do a deep dive on VPN. And we should recruit Timothy to help us out on this one. Tim says he's actually set up his own. I'm curious to learn how to do that myself. Oh, he did set up his own VPN. Yeah, I looked into it a while ago and then... It was just like, it's not worth the effort for me. I don't have enough enemies. I am in the process of making more enemies, though. So <laughs> if you can send me that guide, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, Tim, seriously, if, if you want to do like a walkthrough or something, reach out to us. Reach out to me on Twitter, even though I hate it. Uh, and we'll figure something out. Maybe we can do like a video submission, give you some credit there somehow. Uh, we'll talk um, if you're interested. 
no obligation. But until then, we're out of time. Thanks, everybody. Great conversation, as always. We'll see you tomorrow. Alfred. All right. Pause for segment graphic. Close. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. Keep the conversation going, and we'll do our best to follow up after the show. We are live every weekday morning here on YouTube, Periscope, and CNET.com. Our audio podcast is also available on pretty much everywhere you can download content. Uh, for The Daily Charge, I'm Alfred Ng. I'm Bridget Carey. Thanks for joining us.